0: great to have you with us today i want to just start off by reading you some of the lyrics that we're about to sing it's really helpful sometimes to pull those words out of our singing and just really reflect on them we're going to sing come let us worship our king let us bow at his feet he has done great things see what our savior has done see how his love overcomes He has done great things O oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. O oh, God, you have done great things. We're going to sing, you've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. And I know you will do it again. For your promise is yes and amen. You will do great things. We have so much to be thankful for today. So much to worship God for today. So much to be thankful for in our Savior, Jesus, our great King. So would you join us in celebration? Join us in worship as we get started together today.
1: parking come let us respal-
0: today celebrating you, celebrating who you are, celebrating all that you have done, so grateful to know a God like you, a God of redemption, a God of love, who has done everything that we will ever need for all eternity. We thank you for your Son, Father. We thank you for our great King, Jesus. And we ask God that today you would help us to consider well all that your Word has for our hearts as we remember all the benefits that we find in you, as we celebrate and reflect upon who you are, how you have worked, and how we can expect you to work from now and for forever. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Hi, Crossview Church. It's great to be with you again. Uh, I have a couple of announcements before we dive into our sermon. Uh, First of all, Tuesdays we have had a prayer meeting for the last oh, I I don't know, I'd say three or four weeks. Uh, And it's been phenomenal to do that, to see the participation, the interaction has been great. Uh, We're gonna continue to do that with a slight change this coming week on Tuesday at seven. Uh, We're gonna use a different um, method of doing that. Instead of being on Facebook Live, uh, we are gonna have a new program that you can access by going to our website. So if you go to our website and you click on it, you can enter into the uh, prayer meeting that way. And the advantage to that is, Uh, For those that don't have Facebook, they can kind of join in. And so we're going to test drive that new technology uh, this Tuesday at 7 o'clock. The prayer meeting will be there. But also another part of that that I want to uh, highlight is after the prayer meeting at 7.30, I will join Pastor Chris and we will give you an update on our reopening plan and tell you where we're at. And we hope by then to have a plan together so we could tell you what we'll be doing. Uh, And we'll also be able to take your questions using that new format so you can interact with us uh, as we talk about that and have a dialogue about it together. So uh, this coming Tuesday uh, at 7 o'clock, We'll have the prayer meeting and then right after the prayer meeting at 730, an update about our reopening. So please, uh, if you are part of the Crossview Church family, or if you're just curious of what we're doing, please tune in during that time. Uh, Go right to our website to access that and you can join the prayer meeting and hear the reopening update, Uh, prayer meeting at 7, update at 730. Also, I just want to say thank you for journeying with us during this time. Uh, we've been about nine weeks now, uh, where we've had to do services via uh, video and, and be remote. And we appreciate you uh, hanging in there and sticking with us. We also appreciate your faithful giving during this time and your generosity and, and your heart to want to help and be involved. And, and so, uh, I just love you, Crossview Church. I love. how you uh, step up and live out your faith in times like this. And I just want to say, thank you so much for doing that. It means the world to be journeying with you during this time. So with that, let me pray. And then we will dive into our sermon for today. Father in heaven, we thank you uh, that your grace is sufficient for us. We thank you that your love for us is beyond what we could even fathom or understand and God, my prayer is that you would, by the power of your spirit during these next few moments with every single person watching and listening into this video, that you would open up a little bit deeper, a little bit wider, a little bit larger, our awareness of your love for us. That we would truly know and, and uh, live and experience a deeper connection with you that's full of love, full of grace and full of mercy. So God, I ask that you would come and empower my words, that you would take your scripture, your word and drive it home into our hearts. You are the master teacher and we acknowledge we need you. And so I ask that you would come now in Jesus name. Amen. Well, have you ever noticed that there's certain experiences in life that trigger powerful memories there's certain things that we experience now that take us back in time to things we remember, whether we are young or old. I know one of those for me is if I go to a beach and I walk on the sand, even if it's just for a moment, my mind immediately goes back to when I was in the Air Force and living in a desert in Saudi Arabia. And there was sand everywhere and we couldn't get away from it. Um, anytime I go to a beach and experience sand, that, that just Pops right in my head. It takes me right back there. Uh, maybe for you it's a song. If you hear a certain song, it reminds you of something. Or maybe if you smell something coming from the kitchen or on Christmas time, uh, it takes you right back to memories of Christmas pasts. Uh, I don't know what it is for you, but it's amazing how certain experiences take us back into time and help us remember things. The author of the scripture that we're looking at uh, today, uh, David, who was a king, uh, that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to create some things that would cause us to remember the goodness of God and who he is. And so he, the purpose of this, he says in the beginning of this Psalm that we're going to look at is that we would remember the benefits of God. And so that's what we want to do. I covered, uh, I, in this passage, there's five of those. I covered two last week and I want to dive back in and finish that up. So if you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to open up to Psalm 103. Uh, you can also access all this on our church center app. If you have that app, it's all laid out beautifully there for you, or you can use an electronic version of the Bible. I'll be, uh, preaching from the Christian standard Bible, the CSB. If you have a, a paper Bible, uh, if you go kind of towards the middle, a little to the left, you'll find the book of Psalms. And uh, big number 103 is where I'll be uh, looking, focusing today. And specifically verses four to five, because I covered one to three last week. And so in this text, like I said, there's five benefits that David wants to drive home. And the reason he wants to drive these home is he knows that if we remember these benefits, if we remember what God did, it will bring care encouragement to our heart. As I said last week, we are in a time where I think many of us are in need of heart encouragement. We are in need of heart refreshment and there's nothing that can refresh the soul like God. And to remember who he is and what he has done will bring us to that place. And that's what David wants to do. And so, uh, I encourage you to look at Psalm 103. Um, The first two that we looked at last week was that God forgives us our iniquities, that he forgives us our sins, uh, and and we are free from the guilt and the weight of our sin. That's a benefit that was, we talked about soul comfort benefit number one. He forgives us our sins. Soul comfort benefit number two was that he heals our diseases. and And specifically there, we're referring to diseases of the soul, things like fears and insecurities and the need for approval and all those things that we collect living in a fallen world and having broken experiences. Um, So he forgives us our sins. He heals us, meaning he transforms us. He forgives us. He transforms us. Those are two benefits that David really, really wanted us to learn and drive home that refresh us and bring care to our souls. And now we're going to look at uh, the last three. I invite you to look uh, at Psalm 103, Uh, The very next soul comfort we have is soul comfort number three. And it says, he awakens us to new life. He awakens us to new life. Look at verse four. The very first part says, he redeems your life from the pit. He redeems your life from the pit. Psalms is uh, written in the genre poetry. And so David's taking poetic license here and he's using analogy and illustration and poetic language. And he's saying he redeems your life from the pit. Let's break that down. First, the word redeems. The word redeems is a commerce word. It means to purchase. So he's saying he pays the ransom for your life. Your life has been Bought with a price, the price of Jesus Christ. He pays that ransom. He redeems you from the pit. The pit, most scholars believe uh, he's referring to the place of death. So basically what he's saying in this very opening uh, part of verse four is that he, when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, God pulls us out of death and into life. He's saying that when we come to God and we uh, give our lives to him, he pulls us out of death into life. Once we are conceived, the Bible tells us we have a sinful nature. We are spiritually dead if we have that sinful nature. When we are conceived, we're spiritually dead. But when we meet Jesus, we are spiritually brought to life. God awakens us and brings us to new life. Our sin has thrown us into a prison of death. Picture with me a dungeon. It's dark. It's cold. There's a chain that is chained to a prisoner that goes to the wall. Uh, it's uh, scary. It's hopeless. It's dark. That's where our souls were. Our sin had placed our souls into a dungeon like that. And what David is saying is because of what God has done, he's provided a way for our soul to be free from that place of death and come into a place of life. See, when you're not following Jesus, you're not free. You're a prisoner to death. Death enslaves you. Death keeps you from being all that God wants wants you to be. But when you give your life to Jesus Christ, when you invite him in, he makes you new and he brings life. He takes you from death to life and you are now alive spiritually. The theological term for that is regeneration. You're regenerated. You're born again. You are made new. And as you walk with God, he creates within you all that he intended you to be. He makes you come alive When we're spiritually dead, we are destined to experience that pit, that place of death separated from God. You know, there's no worse place for a human soul than to be separated from God. It's a horrible, horrible place. But God gave us a way out of that horrible place. Through the life and death of his son, Jesus Christ, When you invite him into your life, you are set free and brought from death to life. You are awakened and brought forth from that. Don't ever forget that. David would say that's one of the benefits. He takes you from the place of death and brings you to everlasting life. The next soul comfort that David talks about is that God really loves us. He really loves us. Look at the second part of verse four. It says, he crowns you with faithful love and compassion. I love the word that he says. He doesn't just say he loves you or he pours his love upon you. He said, he crowns you with faithful love and compassion. Do You know, most people believe that God forgives them, but they don't believe that he truly loves them. It's kind of like they say, yeah, God forgives me because he has to do that. But he really doesn't truly love me. And they may not vocalize it because the other thing is people say, well, yeah, sure. God loves me, but they really don't know it. They really don't believe it that God really, really loves him. There's some people who have been Christians for a long time who still don't understand and believe how much God really, really loves them. Maybe that's where you're at. By and large, people have a hard time receiving God's love. They think they've gone too far that they've blown it, that God could never love them for who they are. They don't think they're worthy of God's love. They think that God is a distant God far off, that he doesn't really love us. There's all sorts of reasons, but very few people understand how much God really, really, truly loves them. And man, when you understand that, it totally changes everything. It's a different way of life. When people forget this benefit and they forget that God loves them or if they never receive it, there's a loneliness that takes place in their soul. There's a loneliness that takes place. And soul where they never totally feel content, their soul and their heart never totally feels at rest. It's like, they're always moving. They're always searching. They're always growing. They can't sit still enough because when you do, you come to the reality of how lonely it is in your soul. And so there's this active place of just keeping running and running. It's almost like this medication. So I really don't have to feel that loneliness of soul that comes when I don't really remember or understand, or even believe in the first place that God really, really loves me. See, David wanted us to remember how much God loves us. Many people say, yeah, you know, he has to love other people, but does he really love me? He can forgive me, but it comes at a cost. Even though he forgives me, I, I still have to pay. And, and he still isn't really happy with me. And, and that he still looks at me with this eye that just examines and, and says, I don't measure up. That's not who God is. It says here that he is crowns you, not just with love, but with faithful love. It's an amazing Hebrew word. It means it's, it's, it's called chesed. It's this complete, real, satisfying, never go away kind of love. And he says, he crowns you with that. It's the love that he, he pours on you, that God delights in you, that he likes you beyond your imagination, that he wants to be with you, that he's proud of you. That he is, his heart is moved towards you. That when he thinks about you, he gets excited. That's how much he loves you. You know that he loves you so much that he sings about you. It says this in Zephaniah chapter three, uh, verse 17. The Lord, your God is among you, a warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will be quiet in his love and he will delight in you with singing. Do you know that God delights in you as singing? Do you know what that means? That when his thoughts go towards you, he gets so excited and so happy and so full of joy that he is so crazy in love with you, he has to break out in song about you. That's how much God loves you. Do you know God's love like that? That's the truth. That's who he is. That's his heart towards you. That's the kind of God we have. He sings about you. Do you know why? Because God's heart is moved with love for you. What an amazing truth. I pray that everyone hearing my voice in this moment would totally understand more deeply how much God really, really loves you. If you are looking for meaning in your life, if you are looking for soul satisfaction, if you are looking for a peace and a hope and a joy, it is found in knowing how much God truly loves you. Do you realize his love for you? A lot of us don't. And Jesus knew that and he would tell stories to try to reflect God's love. One of the stories he tells is about a son who left his father. They call it the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. And the son kind of represents us, God's children who have uh, rebelled against him. Uh, And the father in the story represents the father, God in heaven. And Jesus was trying to show us how much God loves us in the story. And the gist of the story is that the son goes to the father and says, give me my inheritance. And basically in that culture, in that time, what that son was saying was, you know what, father, I wish you were dead. So I could just take your money and live however I want. So he he demanded and said, give me my inheritance, which was unheard of. And the father did. The father said, here, the father didn't want to bend his will. The father didn't want to try to create something that wasn't real. He wanted real love from his son. So he gave him his inheritance. The son left. He went off into the city and, and uh, partied it up. He lived on wild living, spent every single dime to the point where he was homeless and destitute. And as he is homeless and destitute, he started to think of home. And he started thinking about his father. And he said, boy, I wonder if he would ever take me back given all that I've done. And he got up some courage and he said, you know, I'm going to start walking home and maybe he'll even let me be a servant. I know there's no way I'll be restored back to being his son, but maybe he'll let me be a servant. Cause even the servants in my father's house have it better than how I do now. And so he started walking home. And you know how, what I picture going on in his mind is he's walking back home to his dad. He's rehearsing his speech He's saying, okay, when I see my dad, this is what I'm going to say. I'm so sorry that I did this. Would you, here's what I can do. Would you please? And he had this whole set approach of how he's going to do this. Well, As he's walking, there's a kind of a long pathway to the father's house. And this is what it's described. uh, What happens? Uh, We see the description in Luke 15, verse 20. It says this. So he got up and went to his father. But while the son was still a long way off, so he's far from the house, his father saw him because I think the father was looking for him. And his father was filled with anger, remorse, condemnation. No, his father was filled with compassion. This is what Jesus is saying. This is what your father in heaven is like. He was filled with compassion after his son did this. And what did he do? He ran. He ran towards his son and that culture was unheard of for a distinguished father to run. But Jesus says the love of God breaks all cultural norms. The love of God breaks all mindsets that you have of what it is. The love of God breaks through all the condemnation, the guilt, the things you set up against it, that you don't want to receive it. And the love of God motivated when he saw his son, God said, I must be with him. And he ran. And what did he do? He threw his arms around his neck and he kissed him. See, that's the kind of love we have in God, the father. That's who God is. He's not there to try to uh, condemn. He's not there to hold your sins over your head. He wants relationship with you. Like you've never experienced in your life. And you know, what's great as this story moves on, the son tries to give the speech that he rehearsed and the father cuts him off and says, no, 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 you're not a servant. You're my son. And he restores him back to his sonship. See, that's the love that we have in God, the father. Do you know God loves you like that? Do you know that that's how much he loves you? That is the God of Christianity. Christianity. A God who, even in our brokenness, even when we're guilty, even when we rebelled, even when we have no excuse for our behavior, he runs towards us with compassion. See, David said that and here he wanted to remind us that he crowns you with faithful love and compassion. When you blow it, when you fall, when you rebel, when you, uh, maybe you don't even know God at all. And you've gone a rough, rough road right now. The father looks at you and he's filled with compassion and he runs towards you and he picks you up and he embraces you. You see, that's empowering love. That's an amazing love. I want to just pause right now and pray because there's so much in my heart that wants you to grab this. And I know no matter how I say it, it will never feel like it satisfies me enough that you know this. So I just want to ask that the Holy Spirit would show this to you. And so would you please just bow your heads with me wherever you're at right now and just let me pray this for you. Father in heaven, I just ask that you would send your spirit to open up our hearts to truly understand how much you love us. Father, I pray right now for people watching this video or or listening online that you would touch them where they're at, that they would sense your presence, that they would sense a father in heaven who has compassion towards them, not condemnation, that they would sense your loving embrace surrounding them wherever they are, that you, as you come and embrace them, that you would melt away guilt. Would you melt away remorse? Would you melt, melt away the regret? Would you melt away anger and rage? And we just fill them with your love. God, help us to understand your love more deeply because it's so good and it's so what we need now more than ever. And so minister to us by opening our minds and hearts to receive your love and understand it. And God, I ask the places in our lives where we've kind of uh, put up a roadblock and said, no, we're not going to receive your love because I'm not good enough or whatever reason. God, would you tear those down by your spirit? And will you conquer us with your love and help us to know it and walk in it more deeply? God, I pray this would happen and let it be a comfort to our soul and let it be something we never, ever forget. In Jesus name. Amen. Well, finally, our last one, soul comfort number five is that he renews the strength of your heart. He renews the strength of your heart and man, do we need renewal? Look at uh, verse five. It says, he satisfies you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Some of you have been beat up by life. Some of you right now, your soul is tired. Your soul is weary. Your heart is tired. Your affections are tired. God renews your inner strength. He brings inner strength to those tired places. And you know how he does it? This says he does it by satisfying you with good things. He's not talking about material things in this world. He's talking about the benefits of who he is come and awaken your soul. And you know who he is. And it brings a soul satisfaction things like that love we just talked about things like the fact that we understand we are dead and now we're brought to life things that he like we know that he forgives us and that he transforms us those are the things that we he satisfies our heart with knowing who he is that our souls find rest when they go to God and they realize all that he is and all that he's done. And the fact that he loves us and wants to be in relationship with us. And when we come into relationship with God, our soul is satisfied with the things that he knows will be strength renewing. When we walk with God in this life, when we love him, when we stay close to him, he infuses our souls with good things. And when that infusion happens, it brings strength. It brings life. Do you see how he does it? It says, your youth is renewed like the eagle. It's almost like if you're an, a person who is, uh, be, who is um, elderly, they, they're renewed. And it's almost like they're made younger. It's, it's a picture. Again, it's a poetic picture that David's using. And then how does it happen? Like the eagle. When the ancient Jewish people would see an eagle molt and kind of shed his feathers, they said it looked like the eagle became young again that's what he says here is that when you uh, renew your heart and renew your strength by walking with God. And when he comes and he brings the reality of who he is to your soul, your inner strength is renewed, renewed like a, a Eagle becoming young again. That's what David is saying. It's a beautiful picture. There's a quote by an author, um, who says this is what kind of happens when we don't have that renewal of strength. Lee Eklov says this. He says, unregenerate souls like children who have lost both their parents spend the rest of their lives trying to find what they are missing. Security, the comforting love of mealtimes and bedtimes, knowing who you are and what your name is. You see, when you don't experience that newness, when you keep God at arm's length, when you don't invite him in and your soul never becomes new again, you're always searching for what you're missing. You're searching for that security. You're searching for that comforting love. You're searching for knowing who you are and what you're about. There are no desires more heartbreaking or desperate than the desires of an orphaned soul. Isn't that a picture I picture there's so many orphan souls out there. And if you are a person who has an orphan soul, I want you to know that God did something to bring your soul into adoption, to become his child. God did something that you don't have to live this life as an orphan soul. All you have to do is go before him and say, Jesus, will you come into my life and make me new? Help me understand your love. No soul has to experience what it's like to be an orphan soul because of what Jesus did. You can be brought to life. You can understand his love and you can have your soul satisfied to the point where it renews your strength. I picture what we've all gone through in these last nine weeks and man, do we need to know these benefits? We need to have them reawakened in our heart. And so I'm going to ask and suggest that this week you take Psalm 103 and that you read it at least five times, maybe set up from Monday through Friday. You're going to read it once a day and don't just read it and check it off, read it and really think about it and ask God to, to show you his love. Ask God to show you who he is and know what you're going to find as you read this Psalm you're going to find out that this is what God is like, that he is righteous and just. You're going to find out that he's compassionate and gracious, that he's not this God who holds things over your head and keeps a record of wrongs and reminds you of all the things you did wrong, but he's a God who's compassionate and gracious and wants to enter into your world and show you how much he loves you. And and he wants to help you. He wants to carry you through life. You're also going to find that he's slow to anger He's not a God that is, has a temper tantrum and and has a temper problem, but he's slow to anger and he's abounding in this faithful love, this love that's so complete and so faithful. You're going to find also that he's not condemning or angry forever because he's motivated by love. You're going to find that he does not deal with us as our sins deserve. See, so many people stiff arm God's love because they say, yeah, he forgives me, but there's still a residue there because I shouldn't have done it. God breaks through the residue and washes that with his love. And he doesn't deal with us the way our sins deserve. He doesn't repay us for our sinful behavior. You see, that's what you're going to find as you dive into this. That's what our God is like. That's who he is. And I pray that this week, God will remind you that he's brought you from death to life, that he's forgiven all of your sins that he transforms you, that his love is for you and with you in a way like you could never imagine. And that as you satisfy yourself by getting to know him, that he will satisfy your soul. As you get to know him and walk with him, your strength will be renewed. I pray that all those benefits will invade your heart this week. And I plead with you like I did, like David does with us. Do not forget who he is, and do not forget those benefits. And when we remember who he is and we remember those benefits, we will join him in verse one that says, my soul bless the Lord with all that is within me. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, what an amazing set of benefits you give us in this passage. You give us the forgiveness of our sin the transformation of, and healing of soul diseases. You purchase us from death and give us life. You really, really love us. You satisfy our soul and give us soul rest and you renew our strength. God, we thank you that that's what you're like. And we thank you that through Jesus Christ, you invite us into a relationship with you. God, I pray for all of us now, those who may never have asked you, invited you into hearts, will you uh, draw them towards you that they would do that now? And God, for those of us who have done that, but we've forgotten who you are and all the benefits you have, will you please remind us, not just through a, a mental exercise, but will you divinely remind us by moving our hearts to understand who you are as a work and a gift from your spirit? Please do this, God. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Take care, Cross for your church, and those listening, I love you.
3: You are good, you are good when there's nothing good in me. You are love, you are love. On display for all to see You are light, you are light When the darkness closes in You are hope, you are hope You have covered all my sin You are peace You are peace, you are peace When my fear is crippling You are true, you are true even in my wandering You are joy, you are joy You're the reason that I sing You are life, you are life In you death has lost its sting And Lord, oh, I'm
1: running to your arms I'm running to your arms The riches of your life. Thank
3: How beautiful you are and how great your affections are loves us Oh how he loves us so
0: Oh God thank you for how you love us thank you for the grace and the mercy that you have shown us thank you for sending your son Father that we could know and have that demonstration of ultimate love in his sacrifice at the cross. God, we just stand in awe of who you are and all the ways that you love us. And I ask, God, that for all my friends watching this, Father, that you would help each of us to just reflect fully today on who you are and the kind of love that you have and help us to respond to it, God, to embrace you back, to love you back to give you that rightful place that you deserve in all of our hearts because of the way that you love us. And so God, we offer our hearts to you now as we close out our time together. And I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week.